Anderson Silva's trying to win the Triple Crown way past his prime. I'm furious as hell, Raph. Which means it's time for Verbal Tap. I am your host, Kevin Phillips. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm just getting off a Coke binge at the Grammys. I just finished yeah. a, uh, a Purple Heart with Brian Williams and Woo. had a pretty decent interview with Gary Tonin. hey One of those uh, is true. Definitely I'll tell you that much right like now. One of those definitely happened. A few of them sound like things I've heard made up, but not the point. No. Raph, tonight, is it all about the Daft Punk song, Get Lucky, or are fighters using any integrity these days? Like, what's with the drug test? Anderson the Spider Silva fails a drug test for some sort of, like, steroidal thing that increases your hype. Uh And frankly, for love of the game, am I right? What drugs? Can you do me a favor? Google which drugs he failed. Uh, I've got it right in front of me. Okay. Tested Read positive. What names? He <laughs> Hold on. For of the drugs. Okay. Tested positive for drostonolone metabolites. <laughs> and drostonolone, obviously the same chemical that Sylvester Stallone used for all those years. This Well, that's offensive when you do it. I would just like to point that out. Okay. As well as Androstain, <laughs> which is Androstain is probably something like Keanu Reeves. It's uh, the sequel like to the Andromeda Stain. <laughs> so that's terrible. Yep. Gattaca, same people that made that. Absolutely. Uh, he tests positive for this bullshit on January 9th. No one has done anything except the UFC isn't paying him his money yet, which means yeah. you know they take it, well, as seriously as they take anything else. Well, they, they take it as serious as not giving away their money, which I guess <laughs> I like, is fairly yeah. serious. Um, okay, Kev, you know what my biggest beef on this this whole issue is? That we're destroying the integrity of the game, and the integrity of the game is zero drug usage. Stop blah, pumping blah, blah. yourself filled with shit. Come on, let's ride our high horse all the way to Wrightsville. They shouldn't be using this shit. <laughs> they shouldn't be doing coke benders mm-hmm. 42 to 72 hours before the fight, and I'm furious. I will say this. I'm going to say where my perspective and why I'm angry, and I'm going to propose a solution, Kevin. Okay. Okay. Why I'm angry. I don't even really care that Anderson Silva did drugs because I guess logic should have taught us all. A 39-year-old man miraculously recovers from what would normally be a tragic end to a fantastic MMA career. But instead of that, we now have all these surrounding question marks. Was he taking it the whole time? You know, is he really innocent when other people at his gym, four other people have been caught with the same thing? Uh, Is he truly, you know, guilty until proven innocent? These are all big questions. But I'll tell you my biggest gripe on this whole thing. It's not even that the state commission didn't reveal the results in time so that they could maybe stop the fight, which would be. By the way, what the fuck is the point of when they do them? Like, what is the point? Could someone please, for the love of God, explain to me why they do any other testing if these keep coming out? Because it feels like there's some internal ball going. And can we meet some of these scientists who are doing this? Like, what else is on their calendar? That they can't get to it. Yeah. Ooh, guys, I would love to do this mandated test and get it in time for the fight, which would seem logical. But y'all. Of course I'd like to let you know if, you know, John Jones... (laughs) <laughs> did a dime before he got here. Of course I'd like to let you know if Anderson the Spider Silva is more like Spider-Man at this point. But, you know, who has time to do these tests before the fight? But, Kevin, the real thing I was angry about? Hmm. They didn't reveal the results in time for our last podcast. So here we are, Crushing. spending our time talking with Ruben about the results of the fights that took place now two weeks ago. And we had no idea what we were talking about because that whole time Anderson Silva was allegedly, and say the word allegedly because, you know, there we go, on all of the roids. Let's just say all of them. Just uh, alone. Metabolites and and never go full Stallone. <laughs> just never do that. So I'm pissed on that reason. However, Kevin, 
I really believe in the sanctity of the the program, and we're on the same page here about that. Sanctity of the program, baby. That we should really, really, uh, we should lead by example, Kevin. So I am proposing that here on the podcast, in full transparency, we should also be doing drug tests, mandatory, voluntary drug tests, and uh, reveal the uh, results so that people know we are not on performance enhancers. Well, now you're just being flippant, and I think, frankly, that's an invasion of our privacy. Like, are you sure? Like, isn't it not about maybe how we got here, but it's about, like... The performance we give, Raph. Why are you doing this to me on the air? I will are just say, well because I don't want to hold you accountable. Something? Like, no, are no, you no, no. I'm just saying I have nothing to hide. However, now I'm starting to wonder. I don't have I anything to hide. hide. I don't have anything to hide. Hold on. Wait. Are you saying I have something to hide? I don't know. A person who sounds guilty, whose affection seems sound, to go. Up. I sound accused. I sound like someone that's on been maybe cornered. Maybe that's how I sound. I don't sound like someone that's guilty. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So anyway, guys. I mean, we're pressed. We're not, it's not like we're weighing in and trying to fight the fights, Rap. Like I think you're looking at this the wrong way. Clearly we are not that's... weighing in. So let's get that established right here, right now. <laughs> oh, okay. See, like certain things all of us don't want out on front. I'm just saying, we, you know what? We can go ahead and put on a scale and I can let people know exactly how fat I am. But I'll let you guys know this. <laughs> hey. The most important thing. We're going to need a scale for my drug test too, Raph. <laughs> <laughs> the most important thing that we all need to know, friends, is that I fit into my wedding suit. And you know what? Other than that, I don't really give a shit what I weigh right now. Um, I will hey. say, speaking of wedding, Kevin. Yeah. Wedding. Guess what I received in the mail today? The Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes indicating you – are in the top 164. Congratulations. Absolutely. Thank you. No, actually, I got Kevin's response card. Guess what, guys? He's coming to my wedding. Yeah. <laughs> now, how do I know it was Kevin? Uh, well, obviously, there's a name there, but I didn't see the name. I respectfully wrote my name. Yeah. That's probably all I did. I'm sure that's all I did. No, 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 no. There was a giant heart next <laughs> to it that just said, so excited. <laughs> Now, Kev, on a scale of so excited from, you know, moderately lukewarm to Jesse Spano on pills, how excited are you to be attending my wedding? I'm halfway through Michael Jackson and the Moonwalk. The lady has never been to L.A. We are coming out for a beautiful reason. Excellent. We're going to go hang out in the mountain area around the northern part of the state. (laughs) It's obviously north to the mountains. Uh, I'm super up there on the excited scale. Very Plus, nice. checked steak on the menu items. I'm feeling great. So here is the other part. You checked two steaks, and this is why I bring this up because Kelly brought up a very good point, which is, Kevin, you didn't put Vicky's name on there, which leads us to believe you were ordering two steaks for yourself. No, I meant to like indicate that there was a guest and that that's what we were – didn't you guys put her name on? Like, I thought it said her name on there. We did, but like... it just said that Kevin Phillips is showing up and oh, he's going to have two steaks. So, <laughs> That's we... all you need to know, Raph. And I don't know why you'd <laughs> ask me any further questions. Along, but uh, I guess if she's not, you know, Kevin's going to chow down on two steaks and really get hey. on it. But hey, hey. <laughs> Y'all for two spots. I'm eating for two spots. Those are the... Hilarious. No, she will so... be there. Excellent. Well, we're looking forward to that, and that's a lot of fun, and we'll have plenty of stories and stuff to talk about from there. Um, but uh, yeah, so that that's exciting. Uh, I will say, you, Kevin, I need to interrupt ahead. you and ask you about your interview with Gary, the Triangle Attacker Tonant. Yeah, you know how often do you say that? Really, like not very often. Was that something you thought? A lot of people had different opinions on how that match could have ended. I would say 0.0% of people thought that was going to end with a Gary Tonin triangle. Certainly the odds weren't in its favor, to use a term that's roughly like the Hunger Games, I think. I've never read them. But I would say that obviously we presumed he would attack a heel. Uh, must be nice to not have to worry about being attacked by heel hooks, by the way, G-Tones. That must be an awesome random gift that makes you really good at jiu-jitsu, by the way. 
It's like, it just upsets <laughs> me, Raph. Like, it just upsets me when he can just, like, not even act like someone has. Like, someone like Javi Vasquez, who's obviously very high level. We saw his sure. high-levelness. High Amazing. Uh, throws a mean heel hook. Like, just pisses me off. Yeah. But you got to interview that jackass beforehand. How was that? How's he doing? Um, Gary sends his compliments to me. So, okay. Um, he wanted me to make sure I said that to you. No, Gary's great. Um, I've miss him like an antibiotic dose. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the funny part is, um, I, I'm doing an article, uh, for Jits magazine and, uh, it, it, I think Gary sat down, gave me a really cool hour interview. So, uh, be on the look for that. It's going to be out in a couple months, but, uh, I will say this. I don't want to give anything really away about what we talked about, but Gary, is interesting on the day before he competes because that's when I conducted the interview. So I conducted it before his match against Javi, uh, before at Gracie Nationals this year. And uh, man, let me just tell you one thing Gary Tonin is still jumping around doing acrobatic nonsense, even what do you mean? the day before. What do you mean? What do I mean? Yeah, what's he. What's acrobatic nonsense? He's like doing backflips? Like, what is he? He put the day before, this is Gary's version of shit talking. The day before, he put an Instagram video of him making a replica of Javi Bosquez in pillow form with a trash can head and sunglasses on top. He knocks the sunglasses off and then proceeded to. Uh, spinning suplex pile drive Javi into his bed. Okay. And it's one of those things where I'm looking at him and I go, well, I could see how that would end badly for me. But <laughs> Gary is still a great acrobat and a uh, very good gymnast. But is this really what you're doing the day before? And it's not even conducive to that Instagram. It's He's still doing it in front of me. And still doing acrobatic shit. And I, at one point, I just wanted to, like, force him to stop. And I was just like, Gary, uh, like, he almost, I think I think he tripped over, like, a wire. It was, like, some real nonsense or I said something to him. Or, like, I might have done something stupid. And I go, Gary, listen, I can't be the end of you. That's not the way your story is. Like, I can't. I refuse. I just, I refuse to be the reason why you, you tripped or you did something stupid because I was here, so for my sake, just cut the shit and just stand still for like a half second. And they just proceeded to like run around with fucking like a pong ball all over the fucking hotel room. But uh, yeah, so it was really cool. Gary's great. Uh, Eddie Cummings, I got to meet him as well. He was the guy who fought uh, Denny at uh, this weekend's Gracie Nationals as well. Had a big win as, uh, in his own right. So those two guys, a lot of fun. And uh, we were really, really glad we got to spend a little bit of time with them. So my best to them. And, uh, yeah, some good stuff, dude. Absolutely. And, yeah, they had a great weekend. Well, they did. <laughs> I guess the day. I, I, yesterday, I'm sorry. No, they had a good weekend, man. They they enjoy the, the L.A. And, uh, you know, like I said, some interesting stuff may come into fold in this uh, this next article. I'll hint at one thing, possibly, Kevin. Do you want to hear the hint? You know I do. Absolutely. I love this. The internal on the media. It's like, ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. What I was pretty keen to discovering was, you know, Kev, they uh, they might be starting. Ah, I can't give this away. No, I can't. Uh, never mind. Okay. Do you want me to cut that part? No, I mean, I was just baiting you to do Oh, I have to keep pers- – tell me. Come on. Don't be a dick. <laughs> okay. Um, I thought you were seriously having a journalistic moment. <laughs> no, please. Not on this podcast. <laughs> How <laughs> dare you, Kevin? Uh, Excuse me. Kev, are you familiar with the East Coast, West Coast rap battle wars? Obviously, I'm familiar. Yeah. What if I were telling you that in a way to heighten the competition between the two, there might be – the jiu-jitsu equivalent of some stuff taking place over near your side of these United States. 
well, I guess I hope that you and I can remain fra- friends, you know, through the entire thing, like not just. I think we'll push through it, but apparently there may be something. There may not. I don't know. But uh, there may be something coming out your way that's Hey-o. kind of a Looking fun event that would apparently be a thing that people would want to see. So I don't know. That's that's as far <laughs> as I was told. And I'm not I don't think I'm giving anything away by it, but it, we we do touch a little bit upon that in the interview. So uh keep a ear or an eye out for it coming up. Okay. We'll keep ear eyes. I'll even keep a hand out for it. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm not going to keep a hand out. For it. I mean, I'm gonna screw it. Yeah. Hand out for it too. Hip also. Raf Great fights at the Gracie Nationals. The two fights. I'm just like putting a footnote on this story. Like fun fights to watch, especially. Uh, I got to see them both online, which is super helpful. Yep. Uh, obviously, just post haste. I saw them via YouTube while I was doing some Houston Open checking and some other things, just keeping tabs. Saw Justin Raider did some great work, by the way, down in Houston. Just want to throw some props out. To our man down in the uh, Houstones, but we have Joe Wilk coming up on the podcast. Are you ready to go chat with our friend and uh, feisty fighter, Joe Wilk? Yeah, I'm doing it. Tap fans, we have an audience favorite, just a, a world favorite. He doesn't sleep, he can't, between running the school, fighting, uh, throwing promotions. Also, perhaps one of the people that's taught the most college hours of jiu-jitsu. Raph, how many college professors do you remember that like taught jiu-jitsu? Um, zero. If you I'm, and I have been I'm to like honest. 10 years of school. We have a lot of degrees mm. between us. Uh, Joe might be like one of the, and spoiler alert on the first name, might be like one of the most seasoned college professors of mixed martial arts, which is a badass title. We have Joe the Nose Wilk online. Joe, how are you doing this evening? Doing good. Doing good. Um, glad to be here again. Glad we got this worked out. Told you guys any time, so we can and do this every night if you want. What he's alluding to is, and I now know how fight promoters in Kansas feel. It's the first time in my life. Uh, but Joe's always been up to fight, like even if people would call him up to 48 hours. And he's been fighting since like 2004 when they were doing it in bars. And that's where you had to see MMA fights. You had to go to some casino to watch it and see the people were like, what do you mean? There's a UFC fight and a Bellator card every other weekend. It's like, yeah, before that, when you had to go to some janky casino and watch MMA fights, uh, Joe's picked up fights. He picked up this interview, arguably his toughest of his career, Raph. I mean, this is a rough moment talking to us Definitely. Uh, on about 20 minutes notice. But you also, you know, you have the comfort of mind that you could physically destroy both of us. So I feel like this isn't that much of a pressure situation for you. No, I like to consider myself the Donald Cerrone of interviews. Like anytime, <laughs> anywhere, anybody. Just, I, I put it all out there. I need almost no notice at all. Try something on 20 minutes notice. Going on a week. <laughs> and you're fighting. We're going to talk about all the stuff going on in your life, MMA-wise. Of course, you've been fighting for forever. You're fighting VFC Omaha. I'm excited to hear who they have in front of you because you're a legend in front of the Omaha crowd. But there is also, and this is huge to me as a former K-State Manhattan, Kansas person, a VFC coming on March 20th, 2015 – to Manhattan, Kansas, you're uh, a driving force behind that. Yeah, it's been a a big battle. You know, I, I try to help spread the sport everywhere I can. And we've been doing a show locally here, um, but we've always had to do it about 20 minutes away in Junction City. The main reason was just because of uh, a lack of a good venue here for it. And um, they built a good venue here, a perfect venue. And um, then the new battle was convince said venue to let guys come in there and fight in a cage. And um, so we, we've been fighting, scratching, and clawing for months now and actually um, just finally sealed the deal this last Friday um, to make it happen on March 20th. So, um, you know, that's a little short notice to put together the first fights here, but Ryan Stoddard and Victory Fighting Championships, they're 
they're always ready to go. So um, we're pumped. Anytime you bring something um, to a new market, even if it wasn't fighting, it's going to be big for the city. It's another big event. We'll pack the place out and everyone will make a bunch of money and, and we're really excited to do it. This is so cool. And as you're doing this, like are, you're also training a lot of your fighters because you're, you're the staple in Manhattan. Um, you have a pretty solid MMA team. Do you, how do you balance the promotion and like the building of the event from the back end along with training a lot of fighters for the event? You don't, I mean, it's just like anything else, you know, I don't have enough time to do all the stuff I'm supposed to get done. So I just do the best I can. Sometimes you do 10 things half-assed and, you know, sometimes you do like two things really good. So, um, they're both just, you know, the training guys is what I do all the time. It's, it's the main part of my life. And so, uh, that's going to happen no matter what. Um, I have to run this show to be able to keep my guys active enough. You know, we'll have three, um, pro fights on the card, all, all three pro fighters from the gym and all entry level pro fighters. It's not easy to keep all these guys busy and always find fights. So, um, here what happens is, is I do a lot of work, but what I get in return is some control. I get to use my guys. I get to showcase my guys. We get to show the sport and, and show what we do at the gym here locally. And, and, uh, it's a win-win for us. So if, if it means, you know, me on the grind and, and putting in more hours then you know, that's just what I got to do to get it done. Badass. Yeah, and for those to give a little context, Joe Wilk was one of the first people to show me the amazing world of MMA, Jiu-Jitsu. Combatives won. He was teaching at K-State, so I have a special affinity for his style because you're a fantastic teacher, so people also gravitate to you a lot. Uh, and this is a good chance to talk about it because you have three people. You have three entry-level MMA pro fighters. Um, you're breeding people out of Manhattan, Kansas, which is really cool. But you, I've been following the photos. Your school is blowing up on a jujitsu side too. Uh, I even saw a cool, a picture of an entire, you have like 10 or 12 women fighting, um, which is super cool. Yeah. You know, um, we've never lost, um, focus on jujitsu. That's jujitsu is what got me here and what built our gym and, what got me the job in this area to train soldiers and, and college students and athletes. And so we always straight stay true to what we can come from. And so, you know, jujitsu is our main focus. Um, even though we have a lot of MMA fighters, they're all jujitsu based guys. Um, even the guys that like to, to slug and bang more out of the gym still were built mostly on a jujitsu base. Cause when guys come in the door, that's usually the first thing we're doing. Um, so I'm just, you know, pumped to give back and, and, get to show people what I was shown, you know, teaching classes at the university or, or at my gym or whatever. It's all about just promoting the sport and, and sharing it for people. So paying it forward, so to speak, I, I've been given a lot, kind of everything basically from training and jujitsu. So giving back to people, I don't owe those people anything, but I owe it to jujitsu to, to give other people the opportunity to find that. Absolutely. And I think what, what Kevin was talking about as well is, you guys have now a, a, a I guess, a, a growing women's program. How has that expanded, and uh, how has that, I guess, changed your, your guys' gym culture? The, to be honest, it hasn't changed the gym culture at all. The, the gym stays the same. You know, we don't lower the standard for anybody that we bring people up to the standard. Um, I think a big help for the women's program at, at my gym personally, at Combative Sports Center, is that we have an all-female course at Kansas State University at the um, recreational center there. And, and that was, it's a good way for, um, for females. I feel like it, it's a comfort level thing. I think jujitsu is perfect for, for women. I think that when they start it, they love it. When they figure it out, they wish they would have done it forever. But the problem is it's like, Hey, okay, go out there and go roll around on the ground with sweaty guys. And, <laughs> you know, and so we have this atmosphere now, at the university basically where uh, I think what it does is it, it helps them get out of their comfort zone a little bit. They get a taste of it. Um, and the ones that want to continue always come and find us and keep training. And we, and we continue to build through that program um, and teaching women something that's always been really important to me. And so it's nice now for us to have it kind of up and running and successful because we got girls competing and training every night. We've had classes at night, where we've had more females than males on the mat. And, it, and, that, and that's a good thing, I think. So I'm pumped about it. But I mean, Joe, it and... for you, that not that insane that 
I guess there are so many factors that go into that, that you have this big, big program and a lot of programs really struggle uh, to get women to be involved or enthusiastic about it. And, and you've got a program now where you're saying that more women are showing up than men. Uh, what is it that you attribute as part of the reason why that's happening? Um, well, the truth is that it is hard and it's actually, it's been, a, it's been a struggle. You know, I, I've been in the gym, been in this area, we're going on 10 years, you know, I think we're like eight years. We've been in the same area and it hasn't always been like this. Um, so really what I attribute it to is just not giving up because I think that's what happens a lot is people, um, try to build things with, with, uh, with women and it's just anything you've, you've got two girls to show up. You can't cancel the class. You've got to teach them. And then those two are going to tell other girls about it. And so I really just think it's about sticking with it and longevity. I'm stubborn when it comes to that. And I don't mind training. I love showing up and, you know, we do a lot of, uh, with K state and with Fort Riley and, and just the community, we try to get involved as much as we can. We do a lot of free self-defense clinics for females and things like that. You know, we have sexual assault awareness month coming up on Fort Riley and, uh, we've got a thing going on out there all week where we're, bringing in they're bringing in uh wives of soldiers and females female soldiers and training so i, I really think that there's cool. no secret to it at all it's just like anything else you just gotta keep your head down and keep working on it and, and you know hopefully the way it's been growing if we continue to grow that way i think we can really build a culture around here for females training jiu-jitsu and, and i'm all for it it's a big deal to me it'd be a great success I remember, and you're going to have to fact check me on this if you have any memory of this. You and Dave Durnell, who was the other gentleman teaching the combatives program when I took it, there was two girls in the class whom, by the way, had to train exactly the same way we did, and uh, they were tough as hell. One of them was crazy good uh, by the end of our combatives semester, but one of them asked if you guys taught your self-defense training to sororities, and um, Dave was like, yeah, we do. And uh, you then shouted out, you were like, but tell them to just enroll in this class because it's a lot easier if we can just teach them how to kill someone. And I was like, yeah, I guess that would be better. Uh, your point <laughs> yeah. was that self-defense is great, but why don't you just learn how to attack? That way it's better. It was fantastic. You know, that's and, and that's true. You know, it's a shame about the, you know, that you can only do so much at a clinic or a seminar or something, you know. Uh, the The truth is, is that, you know the the females that show up in the gym every night in our gym they're they're fighting every night and they're and they're those are realistic fights you know they're coming in and and rolling hard five nights a week some of them just in there every night and that's i mean that's just realistic training for self-defense way more so than you know eye pokes and indian birds that when they're out there on the mats and testing themselves and getting tapped out and, and you know catching guys catching guys in submissions that's a real eye but eye opener for some of these females that wow you know a guy that especially doesn't have any clue what he's doing is going to be in big trouble against some of our girls, you know? So, oh, without question. Um, self-defense is what this all came from. You know, the, the very root of jiu-jitsu, which basically created the sport, which created this podcast, which created this conversation, comes from self-defense. It comes from a small person being able to defend themselves against a big person. And so, you know, why wouldn't we show women and children that secret it's not about big athletic guys those guys can defend themselves you need to teach people jiu-jitsu that need it that's that ilio gracie uh, concept for people you know that know the history the frail kid the kid without athleticism he's the one that needs jiu-jitsu god see this is why it's always good to check in with joe no he's a <laughs> you know, he's a black belt. He'll beat the shit out of you in multiple ways, but you're catching his teaching side, which is the nice part, uh, which is what I enjoyed about him. So, what rap for you? Yeah, Joe. I guess uh, maybe before people think that you know we've all turned a corner and we all like talking about serious topics too too much. I guess the thing for me is every time we check in with you, you and your guys over at in Kansas. Combative sports are always center. doing some nonsense. You're always challenging each other. There's always some weird bet that's happened. Has there been something like that recently that's happened with you guys? Yes, absolutely. There's <laughs> there's there's always things. We're actually um, uh, David Rickles and I are caveman. We got a we're working a new a new idea. You know we're we've uh, we've got it set up where we've got some pretty uh, well-known fighters and stuff that we're going to sit down and talk with 
and uh, we're going to call it 40 questions. Um, you know, we're always all of our food challenges and all the stuff we do usually involves 40 ounces. It's just always been that way, and I probably won't ever outgrow it. So we're, we're going to do 40 <laughs> questions. It's a it's like a play on the term 20 questions, but it's just going to be an interview while you drink a 40. So I'm gonna we're going to like put people on the spot and try to get famous fighters and athletes to drink a 40 ounce of malt liquor, you know, and however long that takes, 10, 15, 20 minutes, we'll sit down and just talk to them and shoot the shit kind of like we're doing now. So that's a that's like the, genius. I was like, I yeah, already want to watch. I B heard it, you a, had me at 40 questions. I was like, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And B from a production standpoint, uh, maybe you've already thought of this. Just uh, my, my humble suggestion, save your really tough questions for the, the very bottom of the, the yeah. 40. Yeah. Have like a below right. label serious moment. Each show. <laughs> it's just like, Oh, that's so great. So, you know, you have it like uh fighting, you know, what's your favorite part about training uh, or what's the worst part about training and what are your thoughts on God? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. You know, that it's going to be great for people that are like, Oh, I drink beer all the time. You know, oh, yeah. like there's a big difference between 40 ounces of malt liquor and 40 ounces of beer. So we're, <laughs> Our sneaky plan is to obviously get people drunk and get them to talk hilarious shit. So, (laughs) (laughs) I'm also excited to see how many of these end with like pretty heated exchanges between either caveman Wilk and the guest. One of them's always going to take an opposite role, but uh, I'm going to be subscribing to whatever this is. Like, you keep me posted on how I watch this. I was about to say, Joe, you need to at some point when Kevin gets back there just interview him because. I think it's a nice role reversal for him That's to be small. on the receiving side of what you do here. So uh, we're gonna drink a forty and see who vomits first after we when we start rolling. <laughs> Everybody's gonna be fine. That's, that's right. We'll flip it around. I, I, <laughs> I interview both ways. I'm a I'm a two way interviewer. I can do it. I can do it all. I interview both ways. He I'm, interviews I'm both ways. Rap. Like that's his next fight slogan. That goes on a shirt. There's better. Everything phrasing. I say should be on a shirt. <laughs> I should start a company. <laughs> Although Kevin's not a, a terrible idea. Maybe if that does well, Kevin and I will do the spinoff of where we roll with people embarrassingly after drinking a 40. That's uh, it's not I've a told terrible... you my dream is to do it after a joint, and I stand by that. I want to smoke a lot of weed with someone, and I want to roll. And I know it's crass, but, you know, Jeff Glover does it. He gets away with it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't everybody? Like, if Jeff Glover, I think... You should name the people that don't in that community. It's going to be a faster list. I was about to say, let's name names, people. It's a very jujitsu. Not the point. Hey, Joe, you're also fighting, which is crazy to me. You, you're constantly running a gym and 19 other programs. You're also fighting, which we need to talk to you about because this is great. You're... You remain someone that continues to push the action, and we love that. Uh, and you're you're fiery on the jujitsu game. What prompted you to take a fight at VFC Omaha and tell us about who you're fighting? Oh, I'm I'm not done. You know that's that's the main reason. You know I'm uh, I'm getting up there in age as far as fighting is concerned. I don't want to do it forever, so I really want to take advantage of these last few years and try to stay active. Um, and you know the VFC is a it's a great place, you know, for me to showcase my skills. It's kind of a hostile territory sometimes, and usually fighting the hometown kid makes for high-profile fights. I was in no position to turn this fight down. You know, it's uh, we're going to headline the VFC. I'm going to tell you guys the truth right now before I get myself in trouble. I'm not sure if the fight's been announced, so I'm just going to kind of – I'll keep it a little bit vague as okay. far as not naming names, but I'm okay. fighting – um, you know, a local legend and um, somebody I've wanted to fight for a long time. And, and um, you know, it'll flip the whole town upside down when I go up there and smack him in his teeth in front of everybody. So I'm, I'm <laughs> excited to get it done. I, yes. I'm always up for the challenge. So when, when I got the call, it didn't take much thought. Um, you know, I was agreeing to it before we talked about money. So, Well, you fought a lot of big names, including several that have daunted the UFC in Omaha, so you've been booed by loud crowds of Nebraskans. Uh, personally, it's one of my favorite things that you always slide in a pretty good shot about whatever state you're fighting in. That's one of your hidden talents, is to insult whatever <laughs> local state you're fighting, mostly Nebraska and Missouri, but they're always great. Right. 
Yeah, you know, I, I built my career that way because, you know, we're, we're lucky now. You know, these kids especially don't realize it sometimes, but fights in Manhattan, it was ridiculous a few years ago, you know, and, and a few years before that, fights in Kansas were almost unheard of. So for me, I always had to travel. I was in Oklahoma, Missouri, Nebraska, Colorado, as in all the states surrounding me, constantly fighting guys from those places, you know, so it, it didn't really happen. It wasn't something I did on purpose. It wasn't something I did by choice, but it turns out that, you know, I'm always going to end up being the bad guy and, and, uh, fighting these guys in their hometown. And, and so I thought, why not? You know, I'm proud of my state as it is. Um, we're very proud to be from Kansas, you know, combative sports center. That's something we'd like to do. We kind of thrive not, and by kind of thrive, I mean like huge baby boner thrive on going to other states and winning jiu-jitsu <laughs> tournaments and, and titles and fights and bonus boners. <laughs> I say boners again. We uh, well, we like to go to other states and get boners by. Will wear their championship belt and nothing else into a cell phone store. The it's just after. important that you it's remember he afraid. goes both ways. Yeah, when it comes while to interviews, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, that's right. That's right. Exactly. Do, do, Okay, this is something I've always wanted to know because I guess it's kind of a performance angle, but do you inhabit when you are truly playing up the heel persona? And I, I get it. You're 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 getting the crowd riled up. Do you find that ever carries home with you? Are you also playing the heel, the antagonist at your own gym or amongst your own friends? Uh, you know, I guess like the the short answer is yes. You know, I think that it, I kind of created a character with the fighting thing. Um, and I did that mostly to help myself. You know, in the beginning of this stuff, I was scared so shitless that I needed to be somebody else. I needed to not be the scared fucking person that didn't want to go and fight. I needed to be this fucking tough guy, shit talker, fucking that wasn't scared of anybody. And then, you know, I almost kind of grown into that person to some extent. And, and sometimes it's hard to shut off. I'll tell you when I go, when I tell somebody that I'm going to go to their hometown, I'm going to smack them in front of everybody and then take their belt back to my place. And then I go and do it. <laughs> it's hard to fucking convince me that I'm not the shit at that point. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. going to have a good argument for you. You know what I mean? So um, I would say, but the opposite is true, man. Let me tell you that, you know, I don't win every fight. And and so being that guy, it's, it's definitely a, a two edged sword because on the other side of that coin, when you're that guy and then you don't win the fight, you can't take that home. You can't go home and go, yeah, I'm still the fucking man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're like, Oh dude, you said you're going to smack the guy in his teeth. He just fucked you up in front of everybody. You know? and you're like, oh, you're right. Shit. Oh, you guys it. didn't hear that interview. I said I would be the man every third Saturday. <laughs> that's that's such an every awesome. third, not not every every Saturday. Uh, I guess the reason why I bring it up is because you know a, a fun thing on this program is Kevin and I give shit to each other uh, constantly, and it's because we both can take it. I do occasionally find that I'll shit talk a little bit, like I'm shit talking to Kevin to other people, and go, "Oh, oh, that's right." I treat you like a normal person. I treat Kevin like a piece of shit. I, I'm very sorry. That's just rude. <laughs> right. You have to be careful no, you, about you, it. you got to, you know, I think that people, uh, when, when you're really close, when you're really with your close friends, it's more about tearing each other down. You know, nothing's off limits. You got to talk all the best shit possible to try to keep your head above water. You know what I mean? So it, give me that any day over fucking like bullshit, small talk with people that I don't really like, you know? Yeah, jujitsu people too tend to get pretty personal, like about positions. It's like your side control game is weak, so don't start talking shit about things like that's. It's got a specificity uh, when you. Oh, hey everybody! Uh, he's doing close guard again. Yep, I just wanted to announce. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Another Kimura attack. Color me surprised. Like, look out! Adorable. Yeah. Your your Kimura attacks are adorable. <laughs> Keep trying those. Okay, yeah. No, you're definitely gonna barambola me. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so Joe, as we as we wind down, like, do you sleep? I mean, you seem to have a personal life. You obviously carve out some drinking time, but it kind of feels like you're training uh, at all hours of the day and then promoting fights in your downtime. Like, what's your personal schedule like? Are you getting some some Z's in? Yeah, um, nowadays I am a lot more. You know, I'm not out on uh, 
army base in the early mornings like I used to be all the time. And so, you know, um, I do sleep a little bit better now. There, I, I have my moments, you know, um, where I don't get enough sleep, but I always try and find time to nap because I'm lazy like that. But, um, I, man, I don't know. I'll tell you, it's just easier to get shit done because I like it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I feel like in, in Kansas, you know, people can say what they want, but I, I feel like I'm definitely a pioneer of this sport and of jiu-jitsu for this state. And that's one out of 50 states and the most important country in the world. So I'm like one fiftieth of the most important motherfucker that there is in jujitsu in this area, you know? So if I've got to get a little less sleep because I've got to go do fucking arm bars, it's not something, you know, I think that I should, so I wind up, I could be digging ditches. You know, I used to work 50 hours a week and then go to the gym at night when I was yeah, building my shit. first gyms, you know what I mean? So, so I don't so have a lot seems to complain a about. On the side. Yeah. What's that? It seems a little sweeter on this side then. Is the Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. it's all about perspective, man. It's not like I want to be in the gym every day, but you know, I'm not flipping burgers, so I'm I'm happy I'm doing what I love to do and and um you know, goes back to like I said, I, I owe it to jujitsu to give other people the chance. It's like this life secret. When people get into it and, and go through the weeding out process and they stick with it and they become an actual student of, of jujitsu, it's um it's a life hack. It's a fucking secret we all have that nobody else has. And I just want to show people that, you know, I'm like, Hey, I found this fucking awesome thing. I want to share with people, not hide it and try to keep it for myself, you know? Amen. Well, it's hard to believe I took this man's class and fell in love with jujitsu and still do it a decade later. If you can believe it, people, Joe, the nose Wilk combative sports center out in Manhattan, Kansas, please go train there. If you're ever going through, it's worth uh, getting your ass kicked by some Kansans. Uh, they breed them a little tougher VFC in Manhattan, March 20th, 2015. You're going to get to see a ton of the local fighters, which is awesome. Uh, plus it's Manhattan. I know what's going on there. You've got time to go watch some fights. That's why we get so built up in Manhattan. There will be alcohol, I presume, nearby, so, you know, as Holy. good as Aggieville. <laughs> as good. Uh, and your fighting, keep an eye out for when we get to see the promo videos of Joe the Nose Wilk fighting back in Omaha for the VFC, so people will, of course, be paying attention. And, uh, and definitely pay attention to the shit talk about uh, states. Oh, so. for sure, because Nebraska sucks, and everyone knows it. And I want to be on the record saying Nebraska sucks. And if there's a place in Nebraska that exemplifies that shittiness, it's Omaha. That's right. That's right. I, I, wow. I'm really Kevin. thinking about. I'm really thinking about getting like some old dude to dress up, and and I'm gonna call him Joe Polini and have him go everywhere with me <laughs> and talk shit about. Nebraska football really back because I've never really attacked a football team. I've attacked the state as a whole, but I think it'd be fun just to go straight for the only fucking thing they've ever had going for them, which is a half-ass football team. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, and do like a, the, the smartest Nebraskan there was was the coach that bailed. Like, give him all the credit for getting the fuck out of there. That's the big <laughs> Joe. I, I I know you're you're a great mentor to Kevin, but did you hear Kevin taking his <laughs> First baby steps to shit talking there, and, and what is your thought on 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 that? Because he, he, I I don't know if you noticed, but he was definitely making his first strides to being like, yeah, yeah, Nebraska, you 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 suck. Yeah, yeah. I'm Team Wilk. <laughs> I want it noted. No, you know every uh, every marathon begins with the first step. You never learn how to talk shit if you didn't fail out of a million times, Kevin. So you know, thanks, just stay thanks, just stay true to yourself, man. You're not going to win every battle, you know. <laughs> Uh, that's always the helpful. To have. Yeah, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, big thanks for coming on and distracting us, letting us uh, talk some jujitsu and some fighting. Uh, big thanks to Joe the Nose Wilk for swinging by last notice, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Wilk, thanks for having me, guys. Anytime, like I said. Sparza, it's always fun when we get to talk to people along the jiu-jitsu journey. Joe the Nose Wilk, fighting, running a school, etc. 
You got to talk to Gary Tonin. Always cool. You also got to talk to people he's rolling with. Some, as we saw, pretty talented grapplers. Yup. Anderson Silva is should be subject to the drug test. I should not be. We we should not be. We should not be. Mm-hmm. Excuse mm-hmm. me. I just want to be on record as stating all these things publicly. And I'm like six days away from being able to train again. Yay. I know. I know. Thanks for the painkillers and the anti-inflammatories. Feeling ready. But it's time to wind this podcast down, which means it's time for shout-outs. I'll be back with the crew out there in Chantilly. The BJJ MMA crew very soon. Apologies for not being around, but guys, you know, I'm putting my time into the stand-up stage while I I can't go and not roll. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. My knee's fucked up. Bad. He would be there if he could. So really, frankly, I think it's insulting you guys are are saying all of this shit about him. And Me saying too. Wait, he reads at a second grade level and oh, that he's not as pretty as he thinks he is. And that oh, really, really, ridiculous. really, his beer and bolo is not what he thinks it is. Because, guys, I think back. that's that's hurtful. You take it back. Not the – we're fine. BJJ <laughs> – Finder.com, very helpful. Raph's just being hurtful. No one knows why. Um, but maybe Probably. we can ask him because it's his turn. I wasn't being hurtful. No, you're you're fine. That wasn't me. I was just echoing what they said. I obviously that's what you were doing. You're really appropriate like that. Um, but fortunately, I'm straight out of Shout out. Stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, I got some. Let's do this, guys. Let's first and foremost shout out Valley Martial Arts Center. <laughs> guys, I was uh, stoked on Sunday. We had a big turnout, big, huge turnout for our open mat. I just walk in and I see tons of people on the mats. And it, <clears throat> nothing is better than, than looking out and seeing new phrases. Uh, come around and, and, and roll. So, uh, you know, it's even better than that though, Kev better than new faces, old faces, eh, kind of right before you're about to roll, getting someone to tell you, Hey man, you have a really good podcast. You guys are well-educated about the sport and you do a good job. No way. Yeah. At which point I asked him, I was like, are you sure you're talking about Verbal Tap? Like our podcast, the one I do? First of all, sir, sober up because we're about to train. That's number one. Number two, what? Uh, so our, our deepest uh, uh, thanks to our, our good friend, Chris Pike. Uh, he's, man, he is tough to roll with. And uh, uh, so it, it's like a compliment before you go into a war. Which is like you think you're on cloud nine, and then you're very quickly fighting for your life. So uh, yeah, that's a it's a I can't tell. Maybe it's a psychological thing, but oh. it was effective because I was in fucking great moods after that. So uh, my thanks to to Chris, all the great people who came. We got a, a nice little picture of a, a number of us. I don't even think we got everybody in the photo. Uh, just because people were coming in and out. So uh, really good stuff. And uh, Dave, Dave Diesel, or Diesel men, thank you so much for uh, getting those people rallied together on the BJJ Open Mats page. That was really, really cool. So uh, we hope you guys come back frequently because when you guys get better, we get better. And uh, that's a really, really cool thing. I also want to go ahead and shout out Kev, our good friends, John Evans and Sebastian Vendel Martinez. I went to go train with them today. No way. Yeah, dude. I haven't seen John in a while. Uh, John and I touch base here and there, but I haven't had the chance to train with them recently. So that was great. Uh, I'll tell you one quick story about training with the two of them. So Sebastian and I, we kind of talk some shit back and forth. And Sebastian's one of the few people I allow myself to talk shit with about uh, jiu-jitsu sort of stuff. And so naturally Sebastian and I go, there's no time limit. So this, this match is going forever, right? And, uh, you know, finally the match ends and then... Uh, you know, Sebastian, I was looking at it, I was like, well, now you got to go with John. You know, like, the whole appeal is going with John. 
And I don't want to give away the contents of who won, but I'll just tell you that one match was very long and one match was very short. And if you know anything about any of the people uh, involved in that that situation, I think you could probably put things together. But uh, holy shit. Like, I just remembered looking at, at John with, uh, <laughs> with Sebastian going like, John, you're just trying to make us look bad here? Come on. Come on, dude. How dare you? You sat there and watched all of this, what we were doing, and then just decided, eh, this is easy. <laughs> so, <clears throat> really fun stuff. for that reason. It's Absolutely. But it's just like, then John's being super helpful and friendly, so what are you supposed to do? Oh, whatever. Uh, oh, well, you know, actually, uh, let me go ahead and show you the 90 things you guys did wrong. Thanks, John. Uh, here's why that's fine. <clears throat> so, uh... That was really cool to do, and uh, my thanks to everybody at uh, Gracie Bar Encino, which is soon to become now, I believe it is now actually, a systems training center. So it's going to be systems training center in Hawthorne and systems training center in Encino. So get excited about that, you guys. Uh, my thanks to John McCure and uh, Gabe Rudiger uh, for allowing us to come in and take their classes. And uh, like I said, Marcus... Marcus Koval runs some good, good gyms, and uh, I really like training with the guys over there. So uh, them's my my major shout-outs uh, this week. So uh, that thanks, guys. Going to do it for us tonight at Verbal Tap MMA Podcast. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night, and the Donald Cerrone of interviewing. <laughs>